Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm Hollywood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we believe in the emotional power of podcasts. For many of us, podcasts are a language of love. It's more than just nourishment. It's memories. It's connection. It's comfort. Thanks for joining us. I mean, I'll be honest, that repurposed corporate mission statement worked very well. Pretty <laughs> I, accurate. I felt it's like, actually it, pretty. like, yeah, we could have written that. Yeah, that's a little bit on the nose. Well, of course, it's perfection because it's the corporate mission statement of Gold Belly, mm. which will always be my favorite. I will accept no imitators. Don't even try DoorDash and Uber Eats. I'm not having it. My gold belly, belly is life. permanently gold. Gold Belly for life. Uh, I feel like there's <laughs> some transition between Gold Belly and my first thing. <laughs> which is like, you know what? You can order your favorite crappy food on Gold Belly and no one's going to judge you. Maybe like that. Yeah, yeah, that could be yeah, it. Yeah, it could be uh-huh. it. Like your your Gold Belly order doesn't have to be high quality. It mm-hmm. could just be what you want. Um, I feel like the Uber thing that I am identifying here, and by Uber, I mean over, not uh, car right. hailing, mm-hmm. uh, is the decline of the snob. Yeah. I feel like we may be moving out of an era of snobbery and by era of snobbery, the sort of like, oh, you like coffee? Well, do you use this press and where do you get your beans? Oh, uh, you, you like bread? Well, do you use the finest single grain rice from the blah? And what mill do you like? That is part of the culture for the past 10 plus mm-hmm. years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's exhausting. SeriousEats.com posted an article by Keith Pendolfi called The Case for Bad Coffee. Yes. What's great about this <laughs> is this person is a recovering snob. They talk about how they have a French press and how they used to buy whole bean single origin locally roasted coffee at the gourmet market and how they they agonized over having the exact right tools and the and getting the rum soaked baba perfectly paired uh <laughs> and now they drink maxwell house that's so <laughs> awesome i mean that is just outstanding and I, and i quote from this piece it's not just instant coffee that i hanker for each morning either it's any subpar coffee i can get my hands on <laughs> i don't drink cheap coffee to be different I don't boast of my love for Cafe Bustello, which has become the PBR of the Bearded Brooklyn set. I buy Maxwell House. There is nothing cool about Maxwell House. This is so great. Cheap coffee is one of America's most unsung comfort foods. It's as warming and familiar as a homemade lasagna or a six-hour stew. Oh, this is so nostalgic and delightful. And also, I I am obsessed with this concept of the Ur thing being... The death of snobbery, because first of all, Lord, let it be right. Like I am so oh, tired yeah. Oh, yeah. of being at the whim of you, the chef slash 
artiste or you, the pour over coffee barista who apparently has nothing but time. <laughs> or, or like, you know what? I made some delicious breakfast with American cheese. <gasps> what, you what? Oh my God. <laughs> and you know what it was? Delicious. Exactly. I feel like this is a generational thing. I know I probably tend to see things generationally more than they are, uh, but I I feel like there was was a millennial sort of thing that Gen Gen X fed. I'm not going to say Gen X would be entirely innocent of this, but the millennials like raised to new heights of like, well, if you're going to do a thing, you have to do it right. Mm -hmm. And to do it right, you have to do it perfect. Uh, and, and I feel like there's a little backlash, probably not just from Gen Z, but just a backlash in general of like, that's tiring. That's right. exhausting. You can't right. do everything perfectly all the time. And trying to do everything perfectly in that way, just put someone else in control of your experience. Like it's weird coming out of the pandemic. I feel strangely resentful of the restaurant experience. Like, I feel like it's too much Mm -hmm. food. I'm totally at the mercy of the timing of the kitchen and the waiter and the waitress. And I'm sitting there waiting for my check and I just want to go. Like, it's this interesting. And I had already been feeling that way about fine dining for years where I'm just like, no, I'm not in it for your kind of masturbatory 13 courses. Like, give me a food truck. And so I'm sort of not, I can't say I'm super surprised to see this. Like it's, it's the rejection of everything that we've all been making fun of, like these absurd pour over coffee places and, and also paying like $17 for it. Right. That's crazy. Did I tell a hilarious story in the pre-show about going to an overpriced bakery and how good their stuff is? Yes. (laughs) But I don't feel (laughs) like I have to do that. And also I paid extra money for something that's worth the extra money. A lot of these other things, it's debatable whether Mm -hmm. you're really getting something that's better. And I think that's what the case for a bad coffee kind of shines a light of on is like, how much better is it really for the extra time and money that you're spending? Like, okay, it's probably better, but sometimes a good cup of Maxwell Hell's coffee will just do the trick. And it's so easy. Like you just put it in that little pot and yeah. it brews it right up. The end. I was buying American cheese slices because we have, uh, we've gotten into a lot of recipes, uh, usually from Korea that use yeah. American cheese, uh, in them. And I kind of was like tearing up at the nostalgia of buying American cheese and not feeling bad about it, mm-hmm. which could, took me back to childhood. It was a weird emotional the thing where i'm like like a journey yeah yeah it's like oh yeah no this is just what we did growing up you just buy the stuff at the store and you eat it yeah and it's like fine and you like it i do want to someday return maybe today or right the second to this question of like american cheese and korean food there's a lot of crossover there is that the war like, I feel oh, like there yeah. are a lot of Korean recipes that involve American yeah. food. And I'm assuming uh, that must be a war And they related. have a huge instant coffee industry, too, that I think probably oh. arises from post-war. There's a, there's a great Korean dish called bude jjigae, which is basically just means military stew. Uh, and it's all yeah. the things you used to be able to get from the military surplus uh, at the end of the Korean War. So spam, ramen, instant ramen noodles... Uh, American cheese, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, kimchi because everybody has kimchi. Uh, it's just all of that hot dogs th- thrown into a stew because that's what you could get. 
Right. I think I saw actually like a New York Times cooking video of of that being made and it was pretty interesting. Yeah. That's good. Well, too. welcome, welcome back, bad coffee. Welcome back, American cheese. Like, let's welcome back food trucks and not sitting around at the whim of some fancy artiste chef. And also, a food truck can just be, you know, a food truck. It doesn't have to be an artisanal something or other. It's fine if it is. That's okay. But it's the end of snobbery. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay here on mute while my groceries get delivered. You just keep stalling, my friends. Uh, yeah, your grocery person should have realized that it was your turn for a thing. They, you know, what kind of, what kind of groceries are you getting delivered though? That's what I want to ask. Are you getting any American cheese? Are you getting any folders? There's a lot of cheese actually, because I'm doing my pre-vacation keto thing. So there's lots of like yummy keto items that just showed up at the front door. Yeah, man, I tried. I tried. I actually <laughs> scheduled it for 540. It's supposed to come in like <laughs> almost an hour and a half from now. Things only come early when it's inconvenient for them to come early. Exactly. So in between our two shows, I will probably go get the half and half. But right now we are okay. Okay. All right. Well, my next thing, ironically, also a throwback to a simpler time mm. when you ate American cheese and you didn't apologize for it and you did cocaine at every party because everybody else did, apparently. <laughs> and didn't and apologize for it. <laughs> didn't apologize for it. And you wore shoulder pads and didn't apologize for that either. No. Because so and this is like a thing within a thing. Shoulder pads. Definitely making a comeback. And I believe a lot of us thought, oh, that's going to be the sign, right? That the world has ended once shoulder pads legitimately make a comeback. But as with all things, there's an evolution. Mm -hmm. And so what I have now seen several times is this kind of built in, tucked in shoulder pad in a sleeveless shirt or dress. Oh, how do you put a shoulder pad in a sleeveless? I mean, I guess you still have shoulders. Yeah. How does that work, though? It feels dangerous. Like the shoulder pads will fall out. I, I mean, they're sewn in. They're clear. It's not like removable sure. shoulder okay, pads yeah, or anything. Right. And so they're not, they're sewn in. And actually there's something about the, the way it's sewn in. I think this is why I noticed it because it's sort of aesthetically pleasing. It's almost like a roll. Mm. Like it's just this kind of nice tuck. A little and more taper the shoulder pad to it. There. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty subtle and it's very cool. And I know that I'm right about it being a thing because it was on shine. Oh. There was a dress. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Shine, but also. Oh, yeah. No, we we did this yeah. as a thing one of the weeks you were off. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad because it is a huge thing. Ecological freaking nightmare, mm-hmm. but huge thing. And there is like the cutest $15 dress in the entire world. Shoulder pad, sleeveless fitted dress without belt. So I know that this is a knockoff from like Gucci or Yves Saint Laurent. Like somebody has clearly done this big yeah, that that purse she's carrying doesn't go with the price of that dress she's wearing. No, not at all. <laughs> Apparently, yes. Uh, dresses and jackets from Gucci, Burberry, Alexander McQueen, Masuk, and Acme Studios have all increased, included shoulder pads. And then I don't know who started this, like the tucked in one with the sleeveless, but it is so cute. So the and also 20s take on the 80s shoulder pad has arrived. Has arrived exactly, and and of course it was only a matter of time. Of course, I know yeah. this. You know this. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised it didn't come before now because we are moving into '90s nostalgia. You think that shoulder pad would have come along earlier? Hmm. I'm surprised, but I think it was just so horrifying 
<laughs> and nobody wanted to do it. It took a while for fashion scientists to develop an acceptable comeback strategy, which was the taper thing. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Ambassador Domo in the Discord just dropped a, a link into Donna Karen. And it is exactly this, the like rolled up shoulder pad tucked into the sleeveless dress. In this case, it's in a button down that is also sleeveless. Like wow. everything is happening here. <laughs> what in the blazes? <laughs> That's it's fantastic. weird. It's occasionally horrific. I'm glad this shine dress is sold out because otherwise I would probably order it and feel really bad about myself. And if anybody's wondering, uh, we were pronouncing it Shein when we first talked about it. I assume oh, that yeah. Molly is pronouncing the world it correctly. It <laughs> not, uh, not all of the world, but yeah. yeah. But that it's it's that that's the same place. It, it, that's my point. S H E I N. My other thing is an acknowledgement of a thing, not exactly new, uh, but something I, I think needs to be you know put down for the record. Uh, have you run into T I F U? Nope. It's 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 newer. Uh, but it's a lo- it's in the world of TIL. TIL is today I learned. Oh, today I learned, huh? That took me a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. TIFU is today I effed <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. So TIL is like I found out this cool thing I want to share with you. TIFU I is I really messed up this stuff and I have to share it with you. This is incredible. I love this. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I also, by spending the last year on Reddit talking to myself after being muted, according to one <laughs> example. <laughs> I feel like it kind of goes with the end of snobbery, too, where today I, t- today I learned is, let me show you how knowledgeable mm-hmm. I am. Like, a little bit humble, because I'm admitting I just learned it, but I learned it, and let me but share like, it, really. right? right? Whereas yeah. TIFU is like, let me show you how dumb I am. <laughs> Oh my God. I love this. This actually just goes right in line with the whole sort of return of authenticity. Yes. Like be, be real. You know, this whole, just like, yeah, I'm look, I'm tired of trying. <laughs> I'm a hot mess. Here's all the ways I'm yeah. drinking Maxwell house coffee. I'm, you know, talking to myself on Reddit cause I'm too dumb to realize a I'm public taking channel. horrible selfies that I post on be real. I don't, I don't do Instagram anymore. Yeah, I'm just looking like a straight up troll and I'm yeah. wearing shoulder pads from shine. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me. Fight Amazing. Me. Yeah. We're all just tired. We're all just tired of the criticism, right? The so constant tired. rain of criticism. Just so tired. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, you know what? I welcome it. Like I will no longer censor myself or shy away from it. Like bring it. Yeah. Just, let me just get right in front of it. T-I-F-U. Let's go. Right. Nobody's going to be more critical of this than me. Let me tell you what happened. Oh, that is just outstanding. I love it. And I want to start using it nonstop. That's amazing. T-I-F-U and ordered Instacart an hour and a half before. <laughs> <laughs> Before we recorded this, right? Thing. Yeah, no, right? that's a good, perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Dumb, dumb. Could I have done that at any other time today? I mean, technically, no. It was a weird lot of meetings on Friday, but still. But but see, the the beauty of that too is like you're not you're not directing it at the the delivery person. No. You're, when you do yeah, TIFU, it's I I F yeah. yeah, which is actually wonderful because the other thing we desperately need in our society is to let ourselves off the hook and also accountability. Yeah. Simultaneously. Stop pointing fingers all the time. When you point a finger, there's four fingers pointed back at you. Well, one of them's a thumb, but you get the point. (laughs) Yeah. What he said. Um, I am actually kind of annoyed about my next thing because 
one thing that TikTok does is one thing that sort of this idea of like uh, uh, this guy I recently interviewed wrote a medium post that's really interesting and he called it recommended media. He said the age of like the age of creator of friend media is over now. Oh yeah. We talked about that on DTNS as well. Yeah. 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 Super good piece and super good concept. And the thing about recommended media or algorithmic media is you don't necessarily get a sense of how big a deal something is. Mm -hmm. And so I have been following this knuckle bump farms account on TikTok for months because just hilarious. It's like this young, like farmer girl. And she's always trying to do videos and her animals are always growing up <laughs> specifically this freaking emu Emmanuel. And she's always yelling at it. Like she's always just like, Emmanuel, don't, Eman- don't, Emmanuel, don't do it. And then finally she posted a video where she was like, you know what? Fine, do it. And the, and the freaking emu comes into frame and just like, bam, 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 bam. Like, takes just attacks the phone and pecks at it like nine times. And then she's like, do you feel better? Are you happy? I've been like cracking up. Uh, I'm bookmarking these emu videos. I think it's so great. And the next thing you know, the Washington post does a story about how this emu is a huge thing. And I'm like, see now how would I have known this? I thought it was just for me. Right. Because you're, you're not necessarily, I mean, I guess if you see like a huge like count, you might think like, Oh, there's a lot of other people, but even then TikTok's numbers are so inflated all the time. Right. That it doesn't even mean, like, it doesn't even register. And I'm such a ding dong that honestly, I never even look at that. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. th- that probably is the way <laughs> to find out. But it's not, it's not obvious. That's the way to find out if something is big, but it's not that <laughs> obvious. It's really, yeah. <laughs> it's really not. And so they did this whole, so I was like, well, now it's too late to talk about how Emmanuel the Emu is a thing, but he's like a huge thing. The whole post, the post did this really cute thing where they like tried to interview him and he's like, staring at the phone and then just sort of like goes sideways and his big old red eye just stares. <laughs> <laughs> He's super creepy, but this woman and her emu are an absolute delight. She calls him Emmanuel Todd Lopez, Emmanuel Todd Lopez. Don't do it. <laughs> He's got a three. Le- He's got a three word name. That's the, the three best. word name. His middle name is Todd. Yes. <laughs> it is amazing i got i i went to starbucks and they put todd on my cup the other day really yeah oh that's like a thing that i just never hope goes away i posted and i posted about it and someone said todd and someone named todd responded they always put tom on mine Mm -mm. (laughs) anyway that's incredible and now i feel connected to emmanuel todd lopez the emu the emu exactly you are starbucks kindred spirits that's right if somebody, if I say Tom and they put a manual on there. Yes. Then, then you'll know. Then you'll know. I mean, it is hilarious. And so there you go, everybody. I, it was a thing for me and little did I know that it was also a thing for you. Hey. Hooray. Let's get to your things. Feedback at it's thing.me and uh, producer Rich would like to thank both Brian and Lee for letting him know that famed author Beverly Cleary was born in McMinnville, Oregon, not McMinnville, Tennessee, where our emailer Tabitha wrote in from last week. McMinnville, Tennessee is, of course, the birthplace of country music legend Dottie West, and Rich Straffolino regrets the error. I can't believe that he would reopen, take the risk of reopening this by throwing in yet another birthplace fact. Johnny West is actually not from Have you not learned your lesson? Oh, I I think, uh, yeah, he's (laughs) typing in all caps now in our Discord. He's a wild man. Uh, 
<laughs> He's made a terrible mistake. Joe Hood wrote in about expanding his thing spotting network and says, my brother and sister in things, brothers and sister in things, just days after complimenting you three on your service to the community, my wife Leah came running up to me and exclaimed proudly, I've found a thing. <gasps> We've converted one. <laughs> she had been in New York for work and noticed a fashion thing, corsets. She said she had seen enough of them while walking around and working in Midtown that it had to be a new clothes thing. Google provided me with a reference to the Met Gala as corset inspiration, along with a couple of other articles calling them a must-have summer item. Oh, no, they are Personally, I mean, (laughs) what? (laughs) Personally, I think they blend with the puppy sleeve thing into a thing of wearing my Renfair clothes for regular life. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I get that. I have not seen the corset, but heaven help us. And it goes perfectly with the bra top. Like, oh, give bra tops and tank tops and tube tops are back. Mm -hmm, Of course, it's only a matter of time for corsets. God help us. And then Joe says, I would also like a thing check from my travels this summer. I think electric bikes are a low key thing from electric city bikes to seeing e-bikes go through neighborhoods at home, tons in East Coast beach towns and extensively in Ireland. I think they're a thing. But if so, not a thing that gets a lot of chatter. E-bikes seem to just be slowly spreading all over without a lot of recognition that it's happening. Is this a thing or just a weird coincidence of my travels? No, they're a slow motion thing for sure. Yep. High key thing. Absolutely. Yeah, the key is high. Uh, The key is high. But it is weird. It's like nobody's talking about it. That is weird. I know they're a thing because outlets like The Verge will suddenly have breathless pieces about some new e-bike store, you know, the Mm -hmm. development. And I'll be like, yeah, no one talks about that, but you're really into it. And that's why you convinced your editor to let you publish this. And so, yeah, it's definitely a thing. And there are a lot of them. There There really are. I think probably the reason it's a low key, like a slow motion thing is that they're very expensive. So people aren't necessarily buying them in droves just yet, but hotels definitely are. Where was I? I was just in Aspen and the hotels had e-bikes because you can't be trying to pedal. And no, Aspen, there's no, there's no oxygen. I mean, you should be allowed to pedal performatively, right? Not right. to power the bike. No, God, no, you will die. Yeah. Yeah. You'll pop a vein. Uh, Professor Art from the Philippines uh, wrote in with a rebuttal. Uh, hello, Molly, Tommy. Uh, during the pre-show of episode 215 on May 29th, we were talking about mechanical keyboards and I messaged that people are also now calling their keyboards keebs and Tom immediately shot me down. No art. They're not calling it that. Well, you lovely people. Ha 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 ha. That's my last <laughs> laugh. If that wasn't clear, because keeb is now trending as a term of affection for mechanical keyboards. It's short, oh. it's adorbs, and it's inevitable. So I'm now formally filing the word keeb as a thing. Urban Dictionary has in fact picked it up. It's only now growing keeb. Love your show as always. Oh my God, Tom, did you do that? Was I there? Did I not stop you? I said it in the sense of <laughs> no art. They're not calling it that. I don't want them to call it that. Please tell me they're not calling it that. Okay, got now, it. Now, that may have gotten lost in the translation uh, or, or total voice, but it definitely was like, oh, please, no, please, I no. I beg you, please yeah. don't do that. Uh, I yeah. definitely said it in an unironic no art. They're not calling it that because I don't want them to call it that. 
that is hilarious. But sadly, sadly for all oh, of yeah. us, Art is absolutely correct. He is so freaking right. It is painful. It hurts because every time my kid says it, I'm like, please don't. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. But the only shopping site that now currently exists in my home is keebsforall.com. Yeah. Like it, it's. It's it's the only thing they actually. It's not even like a thing. It's just the thing. It's singular. It's the I still, only word they use. It's so I upsetting. still say no, but <laughs> what can I you beg, do? I beg you, why? Yeah, we've lost that one hard. Keep so this, I ap- I yeah. apologize, Professor Art Salamat Po. <laughs> Oh, incredible. And then finally, Nick wrote in with a true singularity that I did not even know about. Molly, me, I am part of a thing. Apparently. I saw this. I saw this email when, yeah, when Nick wrote in. Oh my God, this is hysterical. Uh, my tweet was included in a Calendly marketing email. <laughs> what? Because I was like, I just, Calendly, I'm begging you. I need to send a calendar link to somebody in order to schedule a meeting that will include two of us, like me and my coworker. And I just want to make a meeting link that I can send someone else to say, book a time with me and Mike. And like both of our calendars will show up on that. Like, please God, let me do this. And then Calendly was like, Oh yeah, you can totally schedule with a teammate. That's so great. It's called collective scheduling. You can do it. But I don't think you can, unless you pay. (laughs) We have the feature. It's collective scheduling. One of our multi-person scheduling options. (laughs) If you pay. I mean, I think it's fair to be like, okay, but you know, we do have a business to run here. So if you want the cool features, you got to pay. Right. I generally am just not uh, in favor of freemium. Like just make us pay. Yeah. Good. You know, you got to get people in the tent and get them in the tent with freemium works. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, I'm very excited. I shouldn't, I don't want to smack talk Calendly. Like, thanks guys for reading my tweets. Yeah. I was like, holy God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to start tweeting features for things I want. Right? Why don't I mean, donuts why not? come with steak for free? <laughs> At my house. <laughs> right. Today in right. one one and a half hours. <laughs> Do you think that'll work? That'll work, right? <laughs> <I agree. laughs> um, I'm not even that hungry. I don't know why that was what I, I thought of first, but that's what I thought of first. Shall we move on to the shout outs? Let's. Let's. Because... Believe me when I tell you, you, you would not in, um, if I gave you a million monkeys and a million years to guess what our shout outs are based on today, I don't think that you could do it. The shout outs, of course, of course, custom designed for those of you who support us at the shout out level at patreon.com slash it's a thing. And today they are, they are based on the press release. The all new 2022 Sea-Doo Switch is a game changer in the pontoon industry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm slow clapping involuntarily. Outdoing himself yet again. I'm telling you, a million monkeys in a million years and nobody is coming up with the Sea-Doo Switch press release. In the pontoon industry. The pontoon industry. It's not just like, there's not just one, there's an industry. All right. All right, we'll start us off. Here we go with the press release. Is everyone ready? Is everyone assembled? Mm-hmm. Journalists, we have we have an announcement. Mm-hmm. 
Kevin Sill has been the industry leader in personal Lee Price with its Eric Duncan brand for decades, cementing Jake Woods as the leading brand for on-water fun. And now, Morris Jones is entering a new era with the introduction of the 2022 Benjamin Forrest Switch, an all-new pontoon patron that marries the spirit and fun of Gabrielle Cohen with the incredible versatility and stability of a Miranda Janelle platform. This is not a typical patron or even pontoon. The James C. Smith is unlike anything that has ever hit the water, and it is built specifically to change the realities of what life with Laura Abel can be. <laughs> this innovative and adaptable Andrew Bradley provides the flexibility to fit the dreams of all kinds of recreational Joe Hood lovers with a completely new and modular Louis St. Amour and ease of Mike Aikens. And no, we will not be taking questions. <laughs> we will not be taking questions. <laughs> The pontoon industry is real. It speaks for itself, folks. Oh, oh thank you, everyone, for challenging producer Rich Straffolino week after week to come up with this freaking genius by supporting us at the Patreon, uh, the shout out level at patreon.com slash it's a thing or any level to make sure these butts show up in these chairs every Indeed. single week. Indeed. Feedback at it's a thing.me. Keep those things coming, folks. We love hearing from you. Ba-ba-ba. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 